Hello everyone, my name is Brian Sparks and I'm the lead pastor at One Church in Texas. This is the One Church Podcast. Welcome and thanks for tuning in. I pray that this message encourages you and that in our time together you encounter Jesus and that your life will never be the same. We're in uh, uh, You Asked For It. And uh, I'm excited uh, to continue this series. For those of you that don't know what you asked for, at Easter, we always ask people, what do you want to hear a message about? Uh, we ask your, uh, for you to write in what you want to hear about, check a box for what you want to hear about, and then we take all of your responses and we preach the, the messages that you want to hear about. So if you hear today's message and you don't like it, blame yourself. It's not my fault. It's your fault. Uh, you, you asked for it, okay? So uh, it's, your, it's all you, buddy. Uh, Isaiah 40, verse 31, Isaiah 40, verse 31, but those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, will gain new strength. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need some new strength, amen? And renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising towards the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, because we have a saying here that paper never forgets, you can title today's message, Strength for the Stress strength for the stress. Lord, right now, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. They did not come to hear a word from me. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, use me to speak to the hearts and lives of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. You know, uh, I think everybody uh, probably recognizes uh, what I have here on the stage in these two chairs because uh, you, I don't know about you, but I love lawn chairs. Uh, I, I grew up with kids that played sports. And, uh, if you've ever spent, uh, any time on a hard bench at all, you appreciate a soft chair. Amen. And, uh, so these, these are things that you carry around with you, uh, so that you have a seat where there is no seat, right? Like, and, and I would just say this, that the only difference between this chair and this chair other than the lion, is the chair's capacity. So this chair has the capacity to hold me. This chair does not. In fact, if I sat in this chair, it probably, I'm not going to tell you how much I weigh, but I guarantee you it is not rated for the poundage that I would put on it. And so every year we ask you, uh, what do you want to hear us preach about? And nearly every year you ask us to preach about stress. And I think that what you're, uh, either I'm not preaching good enough or you're not listening good enough, or you have a wrong idea. Like maybe you think that I'm going to be able to preach a three point message, three things that will get rid of stress in your life. Like, I'm just telling you that if I had three easy steps to get rid of stress in your life, I could write a best-selling book and retire. Just being real. Like, there's not three easy steps to get rid of stress in your life. I wish there was. I wish, as your pastor, I could say, hey, you know what? If you'll do these three things, I promise you, you'll never have stress again in your life. But the truth is, is that stress is a part of life. You're still going to have to go to work tomorrow. And there's still going to be things to do and tasks to do. There, you're still going to go home to family today. And some of you, family causes some stress. 
You're still going to have to pay bills, and, and bills cause stress. Money causes stress. Things cause stress. Things break down. The economy causes, like everything is always speaking in and trying to get us to worry and become anxious and more stressed out. So I cannot give you three simple things that will get rid of the stress in your life. In fact, I would say this, that stress is not a problem to solve. Stress is a tension that you have to learn to manage. It's going to be a part of your life, but you get to choose how you manage it. How do I handle it? How, how am I dealing with it? And I would say that God is always wanting to give us tools to help us deal with the stress in our life. In fact, I would say this, that some of you feel like your capacity is this, but God gives you some principles through his word that will increase your capacity to this that I'm able to handle more and, and things don't freak me out as much and I don't get as stressed out and I'm not as worried. Why? Because not because the stress isn't there. It's just because God increased my capacity. I'm stronger than I've ever been. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says this, come to me, Jesus is talking, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. Come to me, all who are stressed out. Come to me, all who are freaked out. Come to me, all who are anxious and, and, and worried about everything, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. Here's that word again. For your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now notice this, in this passage of scripture, Jesus did not say, come to me and I will get rid of all your stress. Come to me and you'll never be stressed again. Pray a prayer at the end of this message and accept me as your Lord and Savior and you're never gonna have any worries or stress ever again. Like that's just not what he says. In fact, he says this, come to me and I'm gonna show you a different way to carry the burdens that you're carrying. Come to me, my yoke is easy and I'm gonna give you some things. If you'll follow my word and you'll follow my principles, I'm gonna give you some things that will help you in life to help you handle the stress that you're currently. Can I just tell you that some of you are so stressed out and you keep doing the same thing, whatever the world is telling you to do and it's not working and you're, you're stressed and you're anxious and you're worried and you can't sleep at night and you're wondering how in the world, can I tell you that if it's not working, maybe it's time to change what you're doing. He says, come to me and I'm going to show you a different way because my burden, my yoke is easy. My burden's light. Like I can show you a better way. I don't know about you, but I need a better way. I need a better way to do things. There's a few things that I think that will increase our strength in our life to carry the weight that we're carrying. Number one, we increase our strength when we allow our minds and our bodies to rest. Mm. Hebrews 9, 11 says this, so there remains. Notice it's not in the past. It's not Old Testament. It's not Old Covenant. It says, so there remains a full and complete Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who uh, has once entered his rest and has also rested from the weariness and pain of his human labors, just as God rested from those labors uniquely his own, let us therefore make every, every time you see therefore, you need to ask what it's there for. Amen? 
make every effort to enter into that rest of God to know and experience it for yourselves so that no one will fall by following the examples of disobedience. Come on, God's saying this, like you need to learn how to rest. I had a very successful friend of mine that we were talking the other day and we were just going, he was talking to me about work and the things that he had going on at work and, and uh, he was like, Pastor Brian, man, everything's crazy in my life. Like I've got more work than I can handle. Like I, I'm having to turn jobs away because I just can't, I can't do everything that I, I'm, I'm supposed to be doing and I, I'm not sure how to handle it. it, it I'm, I'm always trying to work and catch up on phone calls and emails and paperwork and it just seems like it's never ending. There's always more work than there are hours in the day. There's always more work to do than there are days in the week. Like I'm, I'm a little bit like I'm blessed and I'm so excited that God has blessed me like this, but I'm stressed. Like I, I'm a little, I'm a little stressed out about all that's coming my way. And I asked him this question and I said, uh, can I just ask you this, my friend, have you ever thought about taking a day off? Now, I don't know about you, but that seems like bad advice. If somebody comes to you and says, man, I got more work than I got hours. I got, I got more to do than I got days in the week. Like them suggesting a day off seems like a crazy idea. Like why in the world would I ever take a day off? Like you don't understand, I'm, I've got more to do than I can do. Like why would I get rid of hours that I'm, I'm putting towards that work? Why would I ever think about doing that? But the reason why we do that is because God says that you need rest. In fact, the way that we increase our capacity, the way that we increase our strength and we, we, to handle the stress in our life is that we take time to rest our minds and we take time to rest our bodies. Like God is saying, like, you need a Sabbath rest. And for so many Americans, Sabbath rest, a day off is a completely foreign concept. It's a completely foreign concept. My friend said this. He said, honestly, Pastor Brian, I've never even thought about it. I've always been thinking about how I can work more, not about taking a day off. Like I've never thought about it. And then he said, you know what? From now on, I'm going to say this. From, from now on, Sunday is my day off. I, I'm going to make it to where it's my day of rest. So I'm not going to answer emails. I'm not going to respond to text messages that, are, that involve work. I'm not going to answer phone calls. I'm not, I'm not going to catch up on paperwork. Can I tell you that Sabbath rest is not an hour a week? And some of you are like, hurry up, preach, preacher. I got to get out of here and get lunch. And then I got to li- drop the family off at the house so I can catch up on paperwork. And you wonder why you're stressed. It's because you're going against the principles of God. You need to be like Chick-fil-A closed on Sunday. Come on, y'all remember back in the day, we didn't used to have phones in our pockets. And it was a much simpler time. Remember, we used to have phones on the walls with long cords and people would call and an answer machine would pick up. Hey, if you're there, pick up. Come on, I'm just talking to old people. Hey, I'm, right, I'm trying to call you. Hey, uh, uh, Tony, you there? You there, Tony? Hey, pick up. Oh, hey, Tony. Yo, Tony, if you're there, pick Y'all know what I'm talking about. Because why? We knew boundaries. 
Now then people can get a hold of you, text message, they expect to get a hold of you 24-7. Like I can, I can send you a Facebook message, I can, I, can, I can text message you, I can email you, I can make you a phone call, like I can get a hold of you some way in some form. And I'm just telling you that maybe if what we're doing isn't working, we need to change what we're doing. Some of you, the greatest way that you could strengthen yourself is by just learning to rest. Learning to take a day off. God thought rest was so important that it didn't just make the top 10, it made us top four. In fact, the fourth commandment is you shall take a Sabbath. Like you're supposed to Sabbath. You're supposed to take a day off. You need a day of rest. And some of you are like, man, I would never think about cheating on my wife. I would never think about stealing from anybody. I would never think about murdering. Well, maybe I've thought about murdering, but not really think about it, you know. <laughs> but some of you don't think twice about breaking the commandment. And you, you break the commandment of Sabbath every single week. You don't rest ever. You always answer emails. You always answer text messages. You're always available by phone. And you wonder, why am I always stressed out? You're redlining and you keep saying, well, it's just a busy season. Can I just tell you, friend, seasons don't last for decades. And the truth is, is that you're not in a busy season. You've created a busy life. For some of you, the greatest thing that you could do is learn to take a day of rest. It's, can I, can, and I just want to say this. Sabbath is not a day where you sit around on a couch and don't do anything. Sabbath is a day where you cease from your work. So however I make money, however I, I earn a living, that's what I cease to do on that day. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to rest on this day. I, I, that doesn't mean I'm just going to sit around and eat Cheetos all day and lick the dust off my fingers. Come on. <laughs> it means this, that I'm going to cease from the work of my hands. So however I make a living for Crystal and I, our Sabbath is on Monday. I'm not going to answer emails. I'm not going to answer text messages. I get people that get offended at me because I won't text them back and I won't call them back. I'm just telling you right now that it's my day off. It's my day of rest. You can, I will work Tuesday through Sunday. Sunday, but I will not work on Monday. It's my day off. And some of you, it's Sunday. You come to church, you get fed, you lift up God, you serve others, you eat with your family, you watch some football. Here we go again. Go Cowboys. This is our year. You, you stand in faith and believe God for the Cowboys. Again, it's not an hour a week. You probably heard, I got to do this quickly, but I feel like this is important. You probably heard like, you're like, I just feel some pushback. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I've got stuff to do. I've got things to do. I can't do this. I, yeah, it sounds nice on paper. Sounds nice for you preaching it, but I'm telling you right now, I'm too busy. I can't do it. I'm just telling you, you've heard the story of the two uh, guys that were loggers and a young one and an older one. And the, the young one went out, they, they had a bet on who could uh, cut down the most trees that day. And the young one went out and went to work and man, he was making progress. The old man took time to sharpen his ax. And by the end of the day, the old man ended up beating the 
young man by a long, long shot because he took time to sharpen his axe. Can I tell you this, friend? Don't look as a, at a day off as a waste of time. Look a day off as sharpening your axe. All right, number two, we strengthen ourselves when we know who we are. I gotta move quick. Psalms 139, 14, I will give thanks and praise to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. I'm gonna do this very quick, but I know this. I love this verse so much because, and I had to put it in there because David is sitting there and I just picture here, David is like looking in the mirror and he's going, man, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, Lord. Like when's the last time you looked in the mirror and you praised God instead of complaining? Like most of us are, live our lives comparing ourselves to everyone else and we wonder why we're stressed. Well, I want their job, I want their, their life, I want their vacations, I want their body, I want their money, I want everything that they have and we're never satisfied with what we have. And I'm telling you that this will create stress in your life. If you live your life comparing yourself to somebody else all the time, you will never be satisfied with what God has given you. And I'm just telling you that sometimes you need to look and you need to say, you know what? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, Lord. God, I thank you that you gave me this personality. God, I thank you that you made me who I am. God, I thank you that you gave me my giftings and my callings. I'm not looking at the worship team saying, God, why didn't you bless me with that? Because you got too much pride, you couldn't handle it. I'm just saying, like you've gotta step back and go, God, I thank you for making me who I am. I know that I am called to be me. I'm telling you, so many people live their lives stressed out because you're comparing your life to somebody else and you will never be happy trying to be someone else. You'll never be satisfied. Eleanor Roosevelt said this, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And I'm just telling you, some of you are giving people permission to make you feel inferior. Some of you are making yourselves feel inferior. And you need to just look at God and say, like, look, look in the mirror and say, God, I thank you that you made me who I am. As, as a, your pastor, if I could, every Christian, if I could clap my hands and give you one thing, it would be, it would be a confidence in who you are in Christ. Like every Christian, like I know who I am and I know who God has created me to be. I'm not looking at everybody else and comparing my life to everybody else. God, I thank you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I'll just tell you, this isn't always easy for pastors either. Like sometimes I have to remind myself, like God, thank you for making me me. Number three, we strengthen ourselves when we take time to discover what we were created to do. Second Peter 1.10, therefore believers be all the more diligent, make certain about his calling and choosing you. God chose you, friend. God picked you. God put a calling of God on your life. You are here for a reason. God has put a call on your life. And I'll just tell you this, that it's so important for you to know that. God doesn't just call staff, uh, church staff. God doesn't just call pastors. God has called you and God has put a purpose on your life. And then he goes on to say, you will never stumble when you remind yourself of this. Like when I remind myself of the calling of God and I remember that God has put me here for a reason, it causes me to walk in, in, in step with what God has called me to do. The happiest people in this church, you'll find them, are, 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 are who we call the dream team. And what they are, they're people that have discovered the purpose of God on their life. That God has called me and God has equipped me and that I am needed in the body of Christ. Can I tell you, never believe the lie that you are not needed in the body of Christ. God has called you to this church because this church needs you. 
And when I discover my purpose and what God has put me on this earth to do, and I start helping others, something begins to happen in me. Like, it's amazing. You would think that if I added something to your to-do list, like you would be more stressed. But when you find out, like, man, when I get to serve others and help others, there was a lady in uh, our church years ago and she, she came to me and she said, Pastor Brian, you always talked about go through growth track, go through growth track, go through growth track, go through growth track. Come on, we talk about this all the time. Go through growth track. It's the front door of our church. Go through growth track. Like, you, you always talk about this. And she said, I always disqualified myself from going through growth track because I knew how messed up I was. Like I knew all the mistakes that I'd made the previous week. I, I knew my faults and my failures and I knew that I, I, wa- I wasn't the Christian that I wanted to be and so I disqualified. Can I just tell you that w- God's not looking for perfect people. Like if I only let pe- perfect people serve on our dream team, we wouldn't have a dream team. They're jacked up, y'all. And I'll just say this, that if I only let perfect people serve on this stage, I wouldn't be on this stage. Like, if you're disqualifying yourself, why? She said this, Pastor Brian, I, I found this, that I was so, I, I, I thought I couldn't serve because I was so messed up. Well, finally, I got tired of hearing you talk about growth track, and I decided I'm going to go through growth track. She went through growth track. She found out what she was called to, and she started serving in her calling, and she said this. She said, Pastor Brian, I'm amazed because what I had tried to do for years, God has done in months. That God, what I kept trying to fix in myself, God fixed in me when I started serving others. Turns out it's actually in the word of God because in Proverbs eleven twenty five it says, the generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched. But listen to this. And he who waters will himself be watered. So when I pour out, some of you are stressed because you're not pouring out. You're, you're constantly being poured into, but you're not pouring out to others. Like, and what that becomes is a dead sea. The reason why the dead sea is the dead sea is because some stuff comes into it, but it never goes out of it. And whenever I start pouring out to others, whenever I start using my calling to, to help others encounter Jesus, then guess what? God continues to water me and change me as I help others. Strengthen ourselves. Number four, we strengthen ourselves when we are supported by others. Ecclesiastes 4, 8 through 10, it says, there is one alone with, without companion. He has neither son nor brother, yet there is no end to all his labors. Skipping down to verse nine, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, I'll say this, that I go back to this. The reason why this chair is strong is not because one part of it is strong. The reason why this chair is able to handle the weight that I put on it is because many parts are strong. In fact, it's many parts that are unified together that make the chair what it is. Can I tell you, friend, that some of you wonder why I keep crumbling? 
Why in the world, like everything is going good in my life and everything is pretty strong in my life and I, I feel like I've got it all together, but man, it seems like I crumble, like I get in life and stress and worries and anxieties and all this stuff begin to make me crumble and I don't know why. Can I tell you the reason why? It's because you're trying to do this by yourself and God has never created you to do life alone. In fact, I'll tell you this, that you are gonna be as strong as the people that you're linked to. Like you need people in your life that will help pick you up when you fall. You need to help other people up when they fall. You need people in your life to help you make you strong. Again, it's just the principle of God. In fact, psychologists have recently said this, that we are the loneliest people in history. And they came up with something to fix the problem. They call it social prescribing. And what social prescribing is, according to psychologists, is this. Find friends and do something meaningful together. Can I just tell you that psychologists didn't come up with that? God came up with that. It's called the local church. It's when you find friends and guess what? You do something together to make an impact in the world. Like I know how it is, you come in during service and worship's already started and you walk out before service is over and nobody knows your name. How's that working for you? You need people that know your name and know your pain. Number five, we strengthen ourselves when we let God be in control of our lives. Some of you are like, well, are you preaching the choir there, brother? No, I'm, I'm not talking about is, is Jesus your Savior? I'm asking, is Jesus your Lord? There's a big difference. In fact, the Bible says that his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What you need to know is that prince comes before peace. And the word prince there means sar, or is the word sar, and it means the one in charge. So what happens is, is notice this, that the one in charge comes before the peace. So who do you have in charge of your life? Who, who have I put as Lord of my life? Like who makes the decisions in my life? Who, who, do I, who, who gets to control my life? Like, like I read his word and God's word tells me what to do. His word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. Like I pray and I ask for godly counsel. Like I'm why? Because I want to know, I want peace in my life. I'm tired of the stress and I need to be strengthened for what I'm carrying. And so why not make him the Lord of your life? Some of you are so stressed out because God isn't in control of your life. You are in control of your life. And it's really not complicated. Well, how do I do that? It's not, not complicated at all. Three, I can sum it up in three words. Put God first. That's it. In fact, Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God. Not seek second, not seek third, not seek if I get time, not seek every six weeks when I get time to go to church. Not seek when I get a chance, not seek every now and then. No, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. You wanna be strengthened for the stress? Seek first the kingdom of God. 
You want to be strengthened for the stress? Put God first in your life. Put God first in your morning. Put God first in your week. Put God first in your finances. Put God first in your marriage. Put God first in your business. Put God first in everything you do. I'm telling you that if you want to be strengthened for the stress, put God first. Put God first. God, I'm going to make you the Lord of my life. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Are you stressed, friend? Why not take God's yoke, God's principles, and apply them to your life? Why not let God determine what you do with your life? Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Listen, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can I pray with you, Lord, right now? I thank you for every person. Lord, for people that came in stressed, came in anxious, came in worried, came in overwhelmed. God, I thank you that your word is full of things that help to strengthen us. And I would just say this really quickly, friend. There was five things that I gave you. I would just ask you this. What one thing do you need to change? Maybe for some of you, you're like, man, I know what I need to do. I need to actually take a day off. I need to get in community. I need to put God first. Like what, what one thing do you need to do to strengthen yourself for the stress. And Lord, right now, I thank you that we will not just be hearers of your word, but God, that we will be doers of your word. God, I pray right now for every person that's stressed. Lord, I thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Lord, I thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. And so Lord, right now, I just declare peace over every home. Lord, I thank you, peace over every mind in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you right now that God, that you're giving us clear steps in how to walk this word out. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's looking around. Come on, this is a holy moment between you and God. But if you say, Brian, that's me, I, I don't know Jesus. I don't know this Jesus that you talked about, but today I want to make a decision to make him the Lord of my life. Maybe you're in this place and you say, Brian, I prayed that prayer. I've asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life, but I'm not living like it. I've walked away from my relationship with Jesus. Today, I want to rededicate my life to him. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. And when I hit three, I want you to boldly, wherever you are, slip your hand up and you can put it right back down. We're going to pray a prayer together as a church family. I'm not going to make you walk down an aisle or come to the front. But we're going to pray a prayer together as a church family. And I believe this. When you pray this prayer, if you believe in your heart, your life will never be the same. You say, Brian, that's me. I need Jesus in my life for the first time one. Brian, today I need to rededicate my life to Jesus too. Brian, will you pray that prayer with me? Three, I see those hands. God loves you, friend. I see those hands. God loves you. I see those hands. God loves you, friend. Can we pray this prayer together as a church family? Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, pray it with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Take my sins. And by your grace, I take your righteousness. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you all that I am. I hold nothing back. In Jesus' name. And everybody who believed it said, amen, amen. Come on, give it up for every person that prayed that prayer.
Hey, if you prayed that prayer, we are so excited. We wanna celebrate with you. If you would do us a favor and pull out your phone and text the keyword decided to 903-634-7135. Again, that's decided to 903-634-7135. We're not gonna stalk you. We wanna celebrate what God has begun in your life. Make sure you have everything you need as you continue in this incredible journey of faith. And if you need a Bible, we wanna get a Bible in your hands, amen? We love you so much. Have an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening to this message. A special thanks to those who give generously to One Church. It's because of you that lives are being impacted all over the world. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit subscribe for more messages like this. Share this with a friend, post it on social media, and be sure to tag us at I Am One Church. Thanks again for listening.